and I'll just kind of go into some of the basics of what we're going to do here, the basics of meditation or how this all works. So unfortunately, these days, um, we live in a society that is kind of the opposite of meditation. Do you know what I mean when I say that? So we live in a society that is quite fast-paced, that there's a lot of stimulation. Uh, the advent of the phone and the computer and things like this, these, these really kind of accelerate that feeling of there's always something I could or should be doing with my mind. And there's very little time that we kind of just stop and are just present with what's going on. There's a lot of people that, you know, need coffee every morning to get going. I also teach mindfulness and meditation in school, so it's cool to hear that your school also does, like, programs, like wellness programs. And I also see that for a lot of the kids, their schedules are increasingly packed with things to do, which also then stresses the parents to get the kids to those things that they have to do. And it almost feels like when you're doing nothing, you're wasting your time or you're wasting your life or almost there's a weird judgment or a guilt sometimes associated with stopping as if it's not productive and we're supposed to be productive or there's so much to do in the world right now there's so many problems how can i just be sitting here it's also like a guilt maybe i gave a talk uh, a couple weeks ago in salem and i had just read about this word i think so in denmark i believe it's in denmark in denmark they were for many years considered one of the happiest countries in the world by kind of the happiness index. I don't know who rates these countries. And one of my teachers, he said, that's because they have the lowest expectations. And he said that kind of as a joke, but it's kind of serious because oftentimes we're unhappy with things because we hold a certain bar of, you know, how we are supposed to be how far along we're supposed to be, how good or successful we're supposed to be, how with it we're supposed to be, that we're supposed to have energy, we're supposed to be confident, we're supposed to be successful, we're supposed to not be afraid, not be weak, not be a mess, not be confused, not be lost. There's all these things that we feel we're supposed to be or not supposed to be. And we hold that as a kind of bar over ourselves. And we're striving to kind of get over or to that bar to feel that we're okay or that we're good enough or that we're lovable or acceptable or that we could feel proud of ourselves. Like, yeah, I killed it today, you know. But what a lot of people don't realize is that that bar, we are holding that bar ourselves. We think that bar is this thing, this expectation that we're supposed to be able to meet. But what we don't realize is we could actually just lower that bar or throw that bar away. What if there's nothing you're supposed to do? What if you're fine like you are right now? What if everything's actually okay? What if you 
sitting on the couch, binge watching on Netflix with your Ben and Jerry's ice cream is like the most amazing thing you could possibly be doing for yourself. You never know. And in Denmark, there's also this word, and the word it's pronounced huga, which I looked up how to pronounce it because it's spelled like H-Y-Y something, you know. And the meaning of huga, it's literally, it means to do nothing, but it's like if doing nothing could be an activity. Like maybe we say I'm chilling tonight or something like this. But it's this word and it's almost like you're able to sit and relax but with a sense of gratitude and a sense of that this feels good to be doing. And it's almost like if you were in Denmark and you were saying to your friends, like, hey, we're going out to a club or a party or dinner or whatever, you know, meditation class, come. And, you know, here if you say, oh, I'm going to just spend the night inside, it's kind of like, uh, almost like a fear of missing out maybe, like, oh, there's something happening that I'm not doing. It's like a vacuum almost. But in Denmark, you'd be like, I'm actually, you know, hygge-ing tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a little hygge. You know, and that's a thing, you know, and maybe the other people would be like, oh, man, huga, yeah, I love huga, I could do that too. And it's almost this thing that you feel good about doing, that it almost has a social context that's like, yeah, huga, let's do it, you know, good for you, go get your huga. And there's something really kind of cool about that and also refreshing that to be able just to sit and relax and do nothing and take care of yourself it, it has that good feeling around it. It feels good. You're almost thankful that you're in this nice space. Versus here, right, where because we don't have a word or a concept for it, it feels like emptiness. It feels like a vacuum. We feel like we are supposed to be filling that space with something. Versus claiming that space already as huga, you know. And I could say something similar with meditation that oftentimes in meditation classes like this, when I ask the people how the meditation was afterwards, a lot of people say that they were going through their shopping list, for instance, right? Or that they were kind of thinking and planning the next things they have to do, or that they were worrying about, you know, what's coming next or things that happened already today. And that's normal. So I also want to say to all of you that there is no such thing as a failure at meditation, right? Just like there's not a failure at yoga. Or what was the class that was just in here? Was this Zumba? Or? Fix it. Fix it? Vixen. Vixen. Can you be a vixen failure? Yeah? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think there's a window open. Maybe that's why it's getting called. Um, you, can't be a, you can't be a failure at it because you're just kind of as as far along as you are. So with yoga, you know, you don't hear people saying, oh, I don't go to yoga class because I'm not flexible. I don't go to the gym because I'm too weak, right? You go to the gym because you're weak. You go to yoga because you're not flexible. You eat healthy because your body's not healthy. You meditate because your mind is a mess, yeah? We're sitting here to meditate because we have anxiety, because we're restless, because there's so much movement that we just don't have a moment of peace. Because even when the outside is peaceful, the inside's not peaceful. 
Yeah, a lot of people, they run away from this. Like, you guys came here, you even paid to be here in this space, right? You don't even understand how amazing that is, honestly. Because the average person sitting alone, I saw a Facebook post and it showed a cabin and it said, if you could sit alone in this cabin with no computer, no phone, no TV, no electricity for one month and you'd get a million dollars, would you do it? And I read that post and I was like, huh? Because for me, that's like my dream, to go live in the cabin in the forest. Like, I, I lived up in the Himalayas. I did a retreat in a cave in the Himalayan mountains by myself, just alone in the mountains in a cave. I slept like, it was crazy. There was bats and things. Yeah, and it was amazing. It was so cool, you know? And I saw that post, and I was like, what? And then it kind of made me think, are there people out there that that's this, so scary to be a month alone in a cabin that a million dollars, they'd say, no, sorry, I wouldn't want to do that, I couldn't. Be away from my phone, be away from Snapchat for a month, I can't do it. So there's something that culturally that's also growing, and that's really this fear, this fear of being alone, this fear of being disconnected, this fear of being kind of just in your own space, and what you're going to find there. And at first, that might feel like a vacuum. At first, that might feel like you're dying. Or that suddenly all of the fights that you had with somebody come to mind. Or all of the shortcomings about yourself come to mind. Or the doubts, or that feeling of lost or overwhelmed that a lot of us feel probably every day. That stuff comes to the surface, and we start to see that and feel that. And that's hard, and that's scary, and sometimes painful. And so what do we want to do? We want to push that away, right? Just give me anything. I want to do something. Give me some kind of stimulation. I'll eat. I don't care. Anything. Just give me something to do to not just feel empty. And that's a real fear and a real feeling, that feeling of emptiness. Some people feel that when they stop. But there's a kind of a myth involved in that. And I think the myth is that that feeling of emptiness, that's just like a shell. That's just kind of like this thin ice that's formed over kind of this deep well of, of emotional you know, possibilities, so to say. That at first, when we just sit by ourselves, sometimes it feels really strange. Sometimes it feels really uncomfortable lonely, isolating, sad, whatever. But the more that we start to sit with that, we start to build a new relationship with ourselves. That instead of being this vacuum that's not being filled with the outside, that vacuum starts to be filled with the inside. There was somebody recently that told me, he said, nature loves a vacuum. He said, nature loves a vacuum. He said, if you go out and you dig a hole, Come back in a couple days, there'll be something in that hole. Maybe it'll just be water, maybe it'll be some leaves or an animal, whatever, but there'll be something in that hole. You create a vacuum, nature will fill that, fill that hole up. So if we kind of separate from everything around us and we kind of come and we sit in this space, it's not emptiness, it's not nothingness. It'll very quickly actually become filled with your own mind, with your own feelings. 
And those feelings, although maybe difficult, maybe scary, maybe you don't know what to do with them, the first step, and I tell this often just at the first meditation class, the first step is to learn how to just be with that stuff. To really start to make that stuff not so scary. Yeah, so um, you probably couldn't tell by looking at me, but I was actually very, very sick a couple days ago. So I'm also an energy healer, so I do meditation and energy healing are like my two gigs. And I tried out a new form of energy healing on, I think it was Thursday. I went to a hot yoga class, was feeling good. And then there was somebody, she had a shoulder problem. There's this new show on TLC called The Healer. I don't know if anyone saw it. I got it on Amazon Prime and watched it. And it's this guy, and he, you know, and he feels the energy in his hands, and then he focuses on the part of the person's body, and then they're just healed. And I was like, that's awesome. I want to try it. So this lady, you know, I'm friends with her. She had a shoulder problem. I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal you. Ready? We sit. And I focus my energy on her shoulder. And I was like, okay, now how is it? And she's like, yeah, it's actually a little bit better. It's still painful if I extend my arm all the way up, but it's much better. And I said, well, let me see how far I can take it. You know, and I kept channeling, kept channeling, kept channeling. And I was like, okay, cool. Didn't get any better. I was like, okay, whatever. I can try it. Went home, took a nap. When I woke up from that nap, I felt exhausted. My body felt weak, like weak, weaker than I've ever felt. Probably as weak as I felt like when I was in India with dysentery, like no energy. My mind was cloudy, racing. And I was like, okay, Seth, something's wrong. This is a problem. Um, but I had to teach meditation, so I got in the car, tried to drive to Acton, where I was teaching meditation. It's like a 45-minute drive. Got about halfway there, started to not fall asleep, but started just to get so cloudy and so weak. I was like, I can't do this. I have to go to the hospital, actually. And I canceled, you know, I called somebody, turned around, started driving home, and just as I was driving, I was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And it was scary. It was really scary. I was, you know, half an hour away from home, I knew I had to get home. Called my girlfriend, was like, I have to go to the hospital, get ready to take me when I get there. And I started driving and I was just, my body started panicking. Yeah, my body itself started panicking because it felt like it wasn't able to kind of hold on anymore. And I took a step back from the situation and I dropped into kind of, you know, Seth Monk meditation teacher and I was like, okay, what, what advice could I give myself? in this situation that I feel like I'm about to die. Okay, okay what can I tell myself? And I kind of just felt what was going on in my body, and I said, try loving it. Try to just embrace what you're feeling right now. Take it in. Don't want it to be different. Don't want to feel better. Don't think that it shouldn't be like this right now. Don't want anything else than your experience. Love whatever it is you're feeling. If you're afraid, love that fear. Yeah, if you're weak, love that weakness. Just take it all into your heart with love. Love it, want it. And I said that to myself, and it took away probably 40% of my problem. It was just this huge kind of emotional burden dropped. And I was still getting weaker, but it allowed me just to get home feeling weak, kind of roll over into my girlfriend's car and then go to Lawrence General. Where, by the way, they did testing and they're like, this is weird because you look like shit, but there's nothing wrong with you. They found nothing. They did blood tests. They did all the stuff. They're like, there's nothing wrong with you. We don't know what to say. 
So I just, you know, drank a bunch of Pedialyte. I was in bed for two days. This is the first teaching I've given since. I had to cancel, like, stuff this weekend. So I'm, like, now just getting back to kind of normal. Yeah, my energy's slowly coming back. I know I'm not going to do that kind of healing again. I'll stick to what I know. Yeah. But it was this amazing moment where I really, you know, I was, I was in the fire. I was dealing with really, like, when you're about to die, when you feel like you're about to die, which is not a feeling that we have on a daily basis, it's probably as bad as it gets. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of bad things in life, but when you're really, like, afraid for your life, that's kind of, like, pretty bad. But I saw even in that moment, I could just be loving, make love, so to say, to those feelings. Just invite them in. Say, okay, I want this. I want it. Yeah, there's this teacher, Sri Nasargada, who said, your problem isn't that you want too much, it's that you don't want enough. Yeah, what if you wanted everything? What if you wanted everything that you're experiencing? What would be the problem anymore? Yeah, so when we sit down to meditate and we close our eyes, and we'll start to breathe and relax. If your mind is busy, want that busyness. Yeah, say, okay, hi, restlessness. Or I'm tired, hey, tiredness, hey, frustration. Yeah, hello, anxiety. Hi, depression. Yeah, whatever comes up, greet it, welcome, come on in. Yeah, don't fight it, just let it in. Why not? Why not? It's already there, why not? And maybe you'll see that it loses all of its power. Maybe you'll see that actually a lot of our problems come from us not wanting. A lot of our problems come from trying to push things away because they don't feel good or because we think they shouldn't be there. Or if I feel that, that means I'm a failure. That means I'm not a good person. So I don't want to feel that. I don't want to accept that about myself. So we push it away. Yeah? So it's kind of a radical thing to just try to embrace your full experience, to just invite it all in. And this is also something in your daily life that you can do. Yeah, that if somebody's giving you problems, if there's a situation that's difficult, see it. Try to remember this and invite it in and be like, okay, I want this. Whatever's going on, I want this. This is what's come to me in life. I'm going to pretend that this is what I ordered on the menu and it came. I want this. Let's see what happens. Yeah, how can I use this to better myself, to learn, to grow? Yeah, what can this do? How can this help me? So <clears throat> that's my impulse, I guess I can say, for tonight's class, is that as we sit or lie down, whatever, whatever is coming up, whatever we're feeling, whatever we're kind of up against, really just start to embrace it, start to let it come in, start to soften, start to open, start to receive it, start to be with yourself. If we feel that vacuum, if we feel that emptiness feeling when we start to meditate, that's because we've been pushing ourselves away. Because we don't want to feel ourselves. So there's, there's really this whole process in meditation where the first part is you have to start feeling yourself, learning to be with yourself. Yeah, and once you get through that part, then you can kind of take it to the next level, start to get deeper. But that's really just this prelim preliminary work to do, preliminary thing to look at, okay? Does anybody have any questions about what I just said? It was a mouthful, an earful. It's okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to stop.